podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. Okay. Hey, everybody. Hey. (laughs) Hello. How Um, are you? Good. How are you guys? How's it going? How's your week? Pretty good. Yeah, I got a case of uh, bubbly water, so that was like a highlight for me, which sounds so sad. That's life in lockdown, no. man. It's like going to the grocery store is an exciting venture. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Even worse though, Erin, when you said I got a case of, I thought you were going to say like, I got a case of like the measles, you know? <laughs> I got, I got, oh man. My mind was filling in the blank with various like ailments. That's right. Exactly. Because that's so also sad. the time we're in, you know, I got a case of the bubonic plague, but it's <laughs> yeah, slightly so. resolved now. So no problem. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, moving to the topic of the day, suffering and self-worth, actually was thinking, Erin, as you talked about that Lent where you were silent in mu- musically and podcast wise and all these things, you had all this silence in your life. And I find for myself that silence is super hard and terrifying when I'm struggling with my self-worth because all of the thoughts, the like mm-hmm. the bad struggle, self-worth, you're not worth anything thoughts come up when I'm silent. So silence I find is a really good litmus test for me as to how I'm feeling or dealing with myself. Um, and yeah, and I, I pulled up this quote when we were, when I was prepping for this episode from the catechism that says, um, you know, the Lord that we are created by God in love and he, he sustains us in existence by his love, you know, mm. um, it's in the, I think the preamble or the, the really early in the catechism. Mm. And, uh, and it just struck me that it spoke to me because that's the thing that I struggle with the most. It's the most basic truth of our faith that God loves you. And it's the thing I think that I've struggled with the most my whole life, mm-hmm. just knowing, accepting totally. that God actually loves me and allowing my self-worth to, to be built from that reality, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of that, my self-worth is often in things outside of the Lord um, and in lies that I've been told about myself. Um, and so one of my lies that I struggle with is you're only as good as the last good thing and by good, I mean mm. like worldly good thing that I've done. You know, um, it could be an achievement, it could be a status, it could be whatever, just fill in the blank. But that's definitely something. And so whenever I lose something, I, I uh, lose status in some way or I fail in some way, uh, my self worth is challenged because I realize, oh, I've put way too much of my value in those Mm -hmm. things. Um, so I want to ask you guys, like, what are the, you know, what are the lies or the obstacles that you've encountered in knowing your self-worth? Can I ask, do you guys do this? Cause like, I, I kind of have realized this last week that I, I kind of do a thing where, um, like, I'm not even sure why it happens, but I'll like have a memory or think of a time or whatever, and just be so critical of myself in that time. Mm. Like, yeah. oh, I'm like, yeah. like, I think of something that happened from like 10 years ago. Yeah. And I'm like, that conversation, I was like, wow, wow, you are a fool. Yeah. <laughs> <And> just like <laughs> so cringy, right? And you're just yeah. like, oh, yes. I can't believe I did that. I <laughs> yeah. hope this person doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I feel like is also kind of dumb because I'm like, probably that person does not even have any inkling of remembrance of that conversation or like, or maybe they even do, you know, but even 
Oh yeah. Like, and somehow yeah, it just totally. then becomes like, well, this is how everybody in my life sees me is by right. every stupid thing I've ever said come out of my mouth. Can I yeah. also say one of the worst experiences that I've been through or some of the worst experiences that I've been through is when someone does see me the way that I fear they see me and they mm. call me out on it. And then all I can think of, and I'm still battling through wounds of that. Like all I can think of is yeah. that they they figured it out. They found out who I really am and that's who I really am. Yeah. And it's been yeah. such a wounding experience in my life that God has been, but it's been a, a, a revelation too. Cause when people call me out on something that I think I am, and I don't mean, okay, I could, should qualify. I don't, there's good ways in which people call me out in my life, which are fantastic, mm, sure. and we all need that. But I'm talking about that toxic view of yourself that yeah, you have. Yeah. And someone's going through a rough day or they, are, or they just have their own stuff and they call that out and they shouldn't really. It was wrong of them too, but they're going through their own thing. And you just take that as gospel because you're like, that's how yeah. I really feel. Right. And that's shown me, oh, that is how I really feel about myself. Because when yeah. you said that – it resonated as true, you know, mm -hmm. it's a lie, mm -hmm. but it's so real. Yeah. No, I think so. And that's, you know, talking about the lies that we believe, like Rachel, exactly what you're describing. I feel like yeah, I'm like, yes, that, that is, that is something that I've experienced, you know, like I'm thinking about, um, you know, all feeling for me, it's always, I'm like, I'm, I'm a fairly quiet person sometimes. <laughs> um, like the, you know, I can, I can be talkative and I can be loud, but like, if I'm stressed or if I'm just thinking about something, I just kind of, I just get quiet and that's just whatever, you know, I'm just thinking a lot. And, uh, uh, and so there's always been a part of me that's a bit insecure, you know, it's kind of awkward and nerdy in high school and all these things. Right. Uh, and so there's a part of me that's like, Oh, this, this quietness, I'm just not enough. There's not enough of me. There's not enough personality. There's just not, I'm not enough. Right. That's been the lie I've received. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I was in a, a dating relationship a few years ago where, where there were, you know, and just, it wasn't a good fit. And, but that was sort of that what was, was expressed to me, like, you know, you're just, it's hard to connect with you sometimes because you're just so quiet or things like that, you know, and it's, it's like, okay, legitimately somebody that, that was like identifying a place where this was just a, not a match of, of people. So that's fine. But for me hearing that it was like, it brought back this wound of like, oh my gosh, like it's true. What I always feared is true. And like, it, it took mm -hmm. me a long time to kind of work through that and, you know, kind of, um, just like that, like that wound that was brought up of like, I'm not enough, uh, you know, I, I can see how it, it caused me to seek, to seek love in, in, you know, in like a relationship after that, that wasn't good for me. Mm -hmm. Um, because I was just feeling so insecure and it was like, oh my gosh, like no one's going to love me, you know? So mm -hmm. I'll take yeah. what I can get. Um, right. and it was, and it was just only through, um, you know, some like really good, like, like things that friends said and, and healing and counseling and things that, um, that I think that, that I started to, to view this differently where it was like, oh my gosh, like at first I was, I was, you know, angry towards, the hurt that it experienced. But then I realized that, you know what, like this was a wound that was already there yeah. and it just got opened up. And then now it's like healed in a way that it wouldn't have been if it hadn't been brought up. Totally. And so I can see the gift in this whole process, you know, and it's just, I think this is something we've talked about before that, like that when our, when our wounds get opened up, uh, it's often because God's going to heal them. And I, and I mean, I'm, I'm so much more, you know, 
free and less less insecure of that particular thing although you know we all think these wounds can kind of last a long time but Mm -hmm. you know I just but yeah I uh I resonate with that it's definitely related to my own journey of self-worth you know what you were saying Rachel yeah yeah and it it does shake you up a ton that first time that wound is opened up it's sort of like Because I, I think that a lot of times that self, we hide from ourselves that we don't, that we lack self-worth because, mm-hmm. because you sort of need, everyone needs a, a base amount of self-worth to function. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. But it's like your self-worth can be a shell, like not, not really something that has roots or a deep foundation. And then something comes along and just cracks that shell. And then, and then you're sort of biggest fears about who you are that have been hiding under that shell all come to light. But it's such a good Mm -hmm. thing because now you can clean, start to clean house a bit and actually find your worth, the true, the true worth of of who you are and build your foundation on that, you know? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I find um, like, yeah, I felt really called today to share when we were um, preparing for this just about my own struggles with like weight and how that, um, how that's kind of been through my whole life, because in that, like that insecurity is manifested in my body. Like, mm. um, for my whole life, I've kind of been like overweight probably from the time that I was, you know, in high school starting. And then I went through this like period of time where I like, um, I don't know, cut out all sugars and grains and a super restrictive diet. And then I lost a bunch of weight and then I gained some back. And then I mm. did two years of like shakes only. Um, that mm. was all I ate. Uh, wow. It was like 900 calories a day. And mm. then I lost a bunch of weight and then I gained some back and then, mm-hmm. um, and then I lost a bit and then I had a hysterectomy and then I gained like a hundred pounds in mm. like seven months, like cr- craziness. And then, you know, it set off my fibromyalgia and then it's hard to exercise. And even though I, I don't by any stretch of the imagination, like eat crazy and I'm trying actually really hard to eat really well my body just like I just gained weight really easily and it's been like a struggle for my whole life and um and I think like I can remember times for example when one time when I was flying on a plane and I was in the window seat Mm -hmm. and then this guy and his wife came and she sat in the middle seat and then he sat on the outside and then he said to his wife turn and said to her like loudly obviously so it was you know directed towards me do you have enough room there honey you did pay for the whole seat because like my legs are pressing the thigh like the armrest you know Mm -hmm. or um like being in line for boarding a flight and like I can hear people behind me talking about me and saying like I hope I don't have to sit next to her Mm -hmm. um or going into rooms. And the first thing that I do, if I'm going in, I don't know, to a chair or to a theater or to a, you know, meeting or something like that is look and see what the armrests on the chairs look like. Because Mm -hmm. if they're like skinny chairs, then I'm going to end up with bruises on the sides of my legs for the next week. Um, Or thinking about every time I'm in a food court and I'm eating like french fries or something like everybody else in the food court is eating but then I can see and some of it is just my own insecurity of being like oh my goodness everybody around me is judging me for what I'm eating right now Mm. and some of it is actual real um judgment from other people about like I've had medical professionals do it like talk about you know I don't know how much I eat or not believe me when I talk about how Mm. easy it is for me to gain weight um Mm -hmm. 
and like until they actually see it with their own eyes and I record right. you know like it's like I felt like I've kind of had to prove myself yeah. for my whole life that I am not yeah. like a gluttonous um like this is not my fault like I didn't yeah yeah, yeah. your body is kind of working against you and even if yeah. it was like even yeah. if it yeah. was the thing is yeah. like everybody yeah. like right. even if I was medicating myself all the time with food yeah. which definitely I do sometimes because well, I think we all that's do a, that yeah like it's, I mean that's a pretty common thing you know but for me that manifests in my body and because because and even if there's somebody yeah that that struggles with food or weight or like or anything like that it's a struggle that manifests in the body and so it's immediately yeah. visible to you know everybody mm -hmm. around and i feel like that for me is the insecurity of having like my self-worth is constantly a battleground where the Lord is telling me one thing from one side and everything around me in the world is telling me exactly the opposite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I think that's, um, yeah. That's just striking me what you're saying, Erin, that sometimes what the Lord is calling us to or the truth that the Lord is telling us, we're not hearing it anywhere else and that is so lonely too. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, yeah. Yeah, I, I was thinking, I had a couple of thoughts. I was thinking, okay, there's the cross of, so you were mentioning, well, for some people, maybe they maybe their struggle with weight is directly correlated to their diet and how they're managing that part of their lives. Okay. And so there, there's like, there there's maybe... Um, there's some truth there to changes in behavior that could change the reality of their weight. So, okay. I think just like any other habit that any of us struggle with or any other thing that we might have, it's not bad for that person to be, to have information given them by their medical professionals or their family or whatever and be like, Hey, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Just like if I was dealing with, which I do deal with, like, you know, medicating myself with Netflix and YouTube and stuff like that. Like I need to, I need to try to get away from that because I'm putting Netflix in the place of God in a way, like it's comforting mm -hmm. me where God wants to comfort me. The difference is like what you said, that no one, when I go to the, to the airport or the grocery store or Wendy's, no one knows that that's a struggle that I have. So it's only the people that are close to me that love me, that can walk with me in that struggle and, and appropriately, you know, speak into the places in which I, I will build me up and give me life. And you're but, loved by them. And I'm loved by them. Exactly. Like, it's not like right. random strangers deciding to, you know, tell me or or say things to me that they have no context for and have no understanding of, have, and they that where they don't love me at all, and I think yeah. that it's such, it's such a hard thing that is like you know to have a, a struggle be visible. So even if you have some behavior that you can do that can change that struggle in your life. It doesn't take away from the fact that this is a struggle that everyone can see and everyone chooses to just, I don't know, like give their two cents about when they don't, it's not really something they have context for. But then for you, there's an additional piece in which there isn't actually a ton of correlation between your behavior and your body because of all of these other circumstances and, and situations and, and the way that your body works. Mm -hmm. And so then there's like the added reality of you are deciding my the way that I live and my choices and, and those aren't even my choices, <laughs> you know? And so it's like, I, I'm just kind of, I guess I'm 
extrapolating on the, what you've shared with us, but I, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking it through and how hard that is that mm-hmm. to be misunderstood is always hard, but to be misunderstood without even an opportunity to share who you really are. Mm-hmm. So like on the face of it, to be misunderstood is, is really, really challenging mm-hmm. and yeah. would be a huge battle in self-worth, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how have you, uh, you know, how have you mm. equipped yourself for that battle? It's a good question. And even while you were talking, I was thinking about there's kind of something similar, like even to do with fibromyalgia, for example, like sometimes mm. it's really hard for me to stay connected with people. Like it's hard for me to, like if I'm having a day where I'm just like done for cognitively or I'm just too tired, whatever to, um, I don't know, text somebody or whatever. So I'm like the worst at keeping in touch with friends often or, you know, um, stuff like that. And for a long time, it was like, I felt really guilty or like I was failing in those things, which also doesn't make sense because like I have an illness and there's a reason for it, you know, but, but for me, it's exactly what you're talking about is the misunderstoodness of that. And in some ways, um, kind of giving that to the Lord and, and actually starting to see it as an opportunity for something that I can offer to him, like being misunderstood in that. And even if people are thinking the worst about me because of that, like, because I haven't been in touch because I haven't, you know, maintained or whatever that, um, that the Lord knows that the Lord knows the truth of it. And so I can, it's like offering that being misunderstood to him and with him because he was misunderstood and trusting that he'll bring good for that. Like there's been some freedom from that in that for me. And that also has kind of been a springboard to, for a greater freedom. Like, I don't know if you guys ever find that, but it's like, sometimes it's like, he'll, Mm -hmm. he'll give you like a freedom that opens up a greater freedom, you know? So then in the sense of like who I am or my weight or how I present myself or what I look like to other people, like I'm starting to have a greater freedom in, um, I'm starting to have a greater freedom in it because I know the truth of who I am in the Lord. But I also, there's also a part of me that is kind of reconciled to the fact that this will probably always be across for me in some mm. ways. So it's like, I can either, I can either just like accept that and then offer that pain to the Lord for good things or like, or have it be something that's destructive in my life, you know, and it's still something mm-hmm. that's destructive and that causes me a lot of pain, like regularly, but mm-hmm. it's like starting to be transformed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think, like when you are faced with something like this, right? Like this is an area of your life that is painful, that um, it, it, it manifests some of your deepest fears about who you are as a person. Then the Lord sort of speaks to us right in the catechism in scripture mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. sacraments and he says I made you in love and I sustain you by my love like you are loved mm-hmm. are you able to receive that like how has God helped you to receive that truth and how do you how have you stood in that truth like how do we stand in that truth yeah you know how I think for me it's been often through other people um and I, you know, I can think of a couple examples of this, but, you know, I realized this. So for, for me, the struggle of not feeling like I'm contributing enough or saying enough or whatever 
that I, I recognize that I do this in prayer where I would go to prayer and I would just feel guilty after because I'm like, oh, I wasn't, I wasn't saying enough. I wasn't praying enough. I wasn't doing enough kind of thing. Mm. And, um, but it was, it was different words from people that it, I, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was working through them at different times. So, you know, I had a friend who I just kind of had for, for brunch one time and, and she was similar in personality to me. And she was just sharing how she's like, yeah, you know, this is me and I am totally fine with who I am. And if I'm going to go and sit under a tree and just do nothing for a bit and somebody has a problem with that, well, then maybe they're not that great a friend anyways, you know, or whatever it was. And, um, and I remember just hearing that, and or she, I think she had said, if I want to go and hug a tree, like I can hug a tree or something like that, just like loving nature or something. And there was just something in that, that clicked for me where I was just like, right. Like it's actually okay. And I mean, I think a thousand, I've heard that a thousand times and that's like every meme everywhere, be who you are, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But it was just, you know, just a certain person at the right time. Um, or I had, I had, uh, you know, um, in the relationship I'm currently in, I'm, uh, whenever I've, I've had this insecurity sort of come up a little bit and feel like I'm, I'm feeling too quiet or something like that, or I'm not saying enough, I'm not interesting enough. Often what, um, what I, what I hear is that, that my boyfriend is just like, no, like, he's like, I just like being with you. You can just, we could just be doing nothing. I just, like being with you and I remember the first time he said that 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 was so incredibly healing mm -hmm. and that when I went to you know I did my morning prayer the next day I felt like the Lord was like that's how I feel like with you like this oh. is you know and bringing it back to prayer he's like I just like being with you you don't have to be this perfect prayer person I just like being with you you know mm -hmm. and so those are I think you know just just healing has come for me just from from words of others because you know, these are things that I would bring to prayer and ask for healing for, you know, Lord, help me be free, help me be whatever. And, and the, you know, I would love it. It was just sort of a lightning stroke of grace or just sort of everything happens, but sometimes it's really slow, but just, I don't know. I think for me being open with God of what I'm feeling in prayer and then allowing myself to also be vulnerable with other people who I trust or in my mm -hmm. life to say, Hey, this is, this is what I'm insecure about. This is what I'm feeling. Um, and allowing them to speak truth into that, like that has been really healing for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I feel like I'm, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I remember during um, when we were doing Exodus 90 and we're meeting in my little office at Newman yeah. and we were getting ready to go somewhere. I think it might've been the Cardinals dinner potentially. And I Wait, had can this. can I pause? Oh yes. So it's like just define for those of our listeners who maybe don't know. So Newman, the Newman oh, Center right. at the University of Toronto. And uh, <laughs> this is which is where Aaron worked for, for a number of years and where we kind of all met and we yeah. did a program called Exodus 90 together, which is like a 90 day program. It's actually designed for men, but we decided to do it because it was cool. It and awesome. uh, of like fasting and asceticism and prayer. Um, and then uh, yeah. what was the other Highly thing recommend. I think you mentioned? Yeah, it was really great. Newman Cardinal's dinner. Office. Oh, the Cardinal's, oh, the Cardinal's dinner. dinner. So yeah. yeah, Toronto, they have this dinner every year. Cardinal Collins has, and it's a big fundraiser for um, for Catholic charities. So basically they have recipients um, and it's, you know, very fancy. They have politicians come. So like usually the premier mm -hmm. the um, or somebody representing the prime minister, it, like it's a big deal, you know, but yeah. um, we always used to get a table from, from, work somebody donated it so that we could bring some students and but it's fancy so like fancy so black tie black tie yep <laughs> so I had this dress um that I wore to um my sister's wedding because I was her bridesmaid this beautiful mm -hmm. dress and I remember like 
getting zipped into it and it not fitting, you know? And Mm. like, I remember being there with you guys and just like having somebody like being in that moment, I can still feel like the feelings of like despair or fear or hopelessness or like Mm. the experience of having like the pain of that just slap you in the face, you know? But being there with people who, who have loved me and who do love me, um, it's just like, it's, it's different, you know? And so that I think has definitely, like you say, Nicole, been, been healing for me too, like seeing how, and then taking it to prayer, you know, and then starting to see how the Lord loves me in that. And one of the things that I found, um, in the past few weeks is, um, yeah, again, last time I was talking about my spiritual director, we were talking about like declaratory prayer and how, how the Lord, like there are things that he says in scripture that are like, it's his word, you know? So like this word of, um, like you, like you are the apple of my eye, you know? So like, if I say I am the apple of your eye, then it's true. Mm. Like it is scriptural. It is true. That's right. It is true. And yeah. so, um, and so she said, every time when you, when you sit down, cause exactly what you're saying, Rachel, it's like doubting our own goodness, you know? And I feel like yeah. it comes in layers. It's like, as soon as I see some part of myself, that's goodness or accept a weakness or whatever, there's just another layer underneath of it that the oh, Lord yeah. is like, mm, okay, now let's dig again. Let's yeah. dig again. Let's dig again. You know, but that's been actually really helpful for me is like, so right now, one of the words like that really has stood out for me is like, um, the Lord will fight for you. You have only to keep still. Yeah. So like, then oh, I'm saying it, you will fight for me. I have only to keep still. You will mm-hmm. fight for me. I have only to keep still. And it's like, you know what I mean? The more you mm-hmm. say it, especially because yes. I'm mm-hmm. such an extrovert, then it's mm-hmm. like, then yeah. I actually start to believe it over time, you know? Yeah. And then he's yeah. like working in there. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if this is, Nicole, you'll know this because Nicole studies brain stuff um, better than I do. But <laughs> Brain I, stuff. I love it. <laughs> I have... Uh, I have a problem that is the opposite of you guys, actually. So so being very blessed with a lot of friends and family in my life who truly love me, I, I get lots of affirmation um, from these amazing people, and I don't believe it. Like, I don't believe any mm. of it. So it doesn't feed me at all. It's like it's like water off a duck's back. You know, it just doesn't – it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't fill mm. me up. And that in itself – so I recognize, okay, that is wrong. Why doesn't the goodness of others that you know are loving me, why doesn't it build me up at all? And it doesn't. So I not – I mean, there's times when it does, but very often it doesn't. So I kind of took that to prayer. This is some years ago. Um, and then just realized, yeah, there's, there's walls there, walls of pride, walls of like protection where th- there's a sense in which I feel – uh, condemned, I think. Mm. Like if anyone, like they're the the person that they are praising, the person that they're extending goodness to is not really me. If Mm. they knew the real me, they wouldn't love me. So there's a sense in which Mm. I can't receive anyone's love because it's not who I really am. So like the Lord helped me to see this and, um, a good priest friend of my family's, uh, who also has done some psychology and things like that suggested these similar what you're, to what you're talking about, Aaron, affirmations is what he called them. And so it's like speaking the truth to sort of rewire my understanding of myself, which is wrong, which is a lie. Mm. So one of them I'll share with you guys that I, that I have is, is, um, I'm beautiful because I'm made in the image and likeness of God so that my beauty is not qualified by 
whatever, pick a thing, but it is simply the truth because I'm created in the image and likeness of God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the sisters of life, they always say like compare despair or whatever. Mm. So yeah. another one is like, I do not compare myself with others because I'm lovable the way that I am because this, yeah. is, this is how God made me. Um, so there's different things like that affirmation. So I was invited to say them often and I, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I would start to say them and I would feel like an idiot. This mm-hmm. stuff that I'm saying mm-hmm. is not true. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so I think... I think recognizing first whatever lies we believe about ourselves, and maybe we can't articulate them even, but just recognizing, okay, it's wrong that I'm unable to receive the love of others or for the love of others to fill me up or for me to feel completely like nothing, like trash because of this one thing that I can't do or because Mm -hmm. of this one way that I can't be, you know, Um, and bringing all of that to prayer and to the people that we trust it's that it's like a, it's definitely a journey, but I yeah, yeah for me it was the opposite. I had to I have had to journey interiorly with the Lord, right. so that I can receive the love right. and affirmation of other people, which is still a work in progress. Yeah, well, and I think that's it's. I mean, I think that's really good that you brought that up, Rachel, because, um, yeah, it's like unless and I think what you said there is really key. Like unless we've allowed God to speak that truth to us in our own heart. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, and then there's a journey of choosing to believe it. And then all, but also allowing God to do the work, then yeah, it is hard to receive it from other people because we feel like, well, they don't, they don't really know me if they really knew me. Right. And so, and so it's like, you're saying it's, it's wrong to not be able to receive it. It's like, well, that's sometimes just the reality. Like it's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's not, we don't have to feel bad about that. I think. Yeah. Um, but just to continue to, you know, to bring that to prayer mm. and, um, um, yeah, I was remembering similar, like when I was in undergrad, how I was really struggling with comparing myself, you know, if I got a bad grade on something and someone else had better, I'd be like, oh no, like I'm going to fail at life, you know, and just kind of yeah. completely catastrophizing with that. That was just what I was struggling with. And, um, I think, I think my parents helped me make just like a list of things that I know that are true. I think there was, I don't remember all of them, but it was just like, God has a plan for me. I mm. have a unique call that no one else has, um, you know, whatever he, God's calling me to do, he'll give me the grace to do it. And if I don't do well in a particular assignment, it, it's okay. It must mean that I didn't need to for whatever God's plan is for my life. And, you know, I'm just going to do my best and allow God to work with whatever I can. And my best is not the sort of theoretical best that I could if I was in some sort of perfect amount of sleep and perfect, but it's the the reality of whatever best I can give on whatever mm. day, you know, all these things. Mm-hmm. Um and then I, I think I like kept it in my backpack and I would just take it out when I started to spiral and just kind of read it over until I was like, okay, this is, and I wouldn't, the thing is, I didn't feel like I believed it, but I was like, I'm going to make an intellectual choice to believe this and mm. just keep doing that until it sticks. And then sometimes I'd read the list and I'd be like, yeah, this is mm. insert word, you know, like this is doesn't make, you know, um, yeah. and then I would just call like my parents or something and be like, can you guys just remind me of what's true? I'm just stuck right now. I'm yeah. spiraling, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's true. All of these things are complicated. Like sometimes yeah. they're just complicated and it's okay to say sometimes it's just messy. Like, because it sounds like we all have issues and and there is, uh, there is something to be said for like a path of healing where the Lord reveals to us, like where is a wound in our hearts? And then mm-hmm. we can turn to him with that and he can work in that and transform it into something um, into something beautiful, like where there's a beautiful garden that grows for that, you know, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's just messy. 
Cause yeah. you know, because everything is, is, um, can be so tied together. Like I can think of when you're talking, Rachel, I'm like, yeah, like I feel that in myself where, mm. you know, where somebody will just do something like nice for me or they'll, they'll be caring for me. And I doubt like, yeah, like in that, totally. you know what I mean? It's like, uh, like there's like a part of me that's like, no, like don't, you know? Yeah. And part <laughs> yeah. of that is like pride because I want to be, you know, be able to do things myself because I'm very capable, yeah. you know, there's like some of that in it, but then some of it is like, I'm doubtful that they're honest. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. in their love for me and in their desire to do good for me and they're doing mm-hmm. it either out of obligation or, or, um, or, you know, th- that they'll lure totally. me in and then trick me and then pull the rug out for me and then hurt me, you know? Yeah. Like, because that happens sometimes. It does <laughs> happen sometimes. That's the part. It's like, it does. you know, um, it does. so it is, it is vulnerable to receive love because yep. it's, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. But I think yeah. that the journey about self-worth, the importance of it, it actually is so tied to humility. I think that, mm-hmm. that being humble enough to go before the Lord with all of our brokenness and whatever, and then believe him when he says, I love you. Like I, mm-hmm. I actually do. But I think one of the biggest revelations for me in terms of the fact that I lacked self-worth was when I really knew that I was a sinner. You know, like mm-hmm. you when you grow up Catholic, which I have, you and you're kind of a goody two-shoes and an achiever and whatever, <laughs> you think that you think you've earned the love of God without realizing that you think you sure. have. Yeah. You know, yeah. that common lie we all kind of think. So you yeah. think you have, and I thought that I had until mm-hmm. one summer in my twenties, I I was, it was just a huge, the whole summer was like a huge slap in the face of being like, no, you haven't earned the love of God. And yeah, you're really a messy sinner. And I, I mean, I knew that I was a sinner before that, but I didn't realize how, I didn't realize what that meant. I think when in Mm. relationship to me and God, you Mm -hmm. know, I thought there was more of an equal footing between me and God than, <laughs> than, you know what I mean? I was like, well, you bring your infinite awesome love to the table and I bring like my great oh my goodness. That's right. Yeah. Like, and my like, rosaries and my awesomeness. Yeah. And yeah. just my awesomeness. That's what I bring, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and then I, that summer just totally undermined that and was like, no, okay, like I bring my all of my gross stuff and you still bring your infinite love, mm-hmm. personal love for me. And that doesn't mm-hmm. change. And so I think yeah. – the humility that I had to grow in and still I'm growing in to recognize that, oh, like I haven't earned the Lord's love. There's nothing I can do to earn his love. And also I'm doing lots of stuff every day that, that should, should make him walk away from me, but it doesn't because he still, because right. he loves me exactly where I am yeah. and he wants me to see the mess that I'm in. Mm-hmm. All of that, like it just mm-hmm. took so much undoing in me. Yeah. But then- there's so much freedom, like you said, you know, um, Aaron, uh, in in this path because that humility opens the door to so much of of your relationship with God and your relationship with others, where you're less and less afraid. You know, mm-hmm. if you kind of see things for the way they really are, then you have no reason to be afraid because the love of God is covering all of it. You know, mm. um, and for me a beautiful witness of that is just thinking of examples of people who are faithful people and have incredible self-worth. And the person who's coming to mind right now is not a living person. It's G.K. Chesterton. You know, you can mm. sort of like, maybe mm. he's, he probably did struggle with self-worth, but I'm just thinking this like old kind of crabby, chubby dude, with like, <laughs> you know, who like, I don't know, who had these very clear, strict sort of moral kind of 
views, but also was obviously a genius. And so people loved him because he was a genius and he was hilarious. But I think his genius and his hilarity were given all that room to, to be shared, was given all that room to be shared and exposed because he knew, I'm extrapolating because I don't know, but I think <laughs> he probably knew that he was loved. Yeah. And so yeah. he wasn't afraid to show up in the world exactly how God mm-hmm. made him with all his brokenness mm-hmm. and share what the gifts that God had given him with yeah. everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Or you think of like Mary Magdalene, you know? Or, or St. Mary of Egypt and different saints who had, like, if you look at their past, they're not like exemplary, virtuous people in the past. And yet they were loved by God and they are, they knew that they were loved by God. You know, Mary Magdalene going and she's the one who, you know, anoints Jesus' feet with her hair and gets super criticized for it. But she's like, I don't care. Like she knows yeah. she, like nothing, the opinions of others don't don't matter to her Mm -hmm. anymore because she knows who she is and she is beloved by Jesus. And therefore she's, she's with him. She's, Mm -hmm. she doesn't leave him at the cross. Like she, this is a fearless woman, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's like such a beautiful invitation that it is, it is through our own sin and our suffering and then allowing the gaze of Christ to meet us and love us that Mm -hmm. we become fearless and in who we are and then become saints, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think too, it's like, um, it's good to to remind ourselves that it doesn't necessarily mean that our weaknesses or our sin or what or or like our our woundedness or whatever will be resolved. Like because God loves us, then this thing is going to go away and we will no longer struggle with this or like something like that. Right. But um, I wanted to read if it's okay with you. It just reminded me of the um, of the letter that the Holy Father put out on Saint Joseph. Um, Mm. And it talks about Joseph being a tender and loving father. And he says, the history of salvation is worked out in hope against hope through our weaknesses. All too often, we think that God works only through our better parts, yet most of his plans are realized in and despite our frailty. Mm. Thus, St. Paul could say, to keep me from being too elated, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness." Since this is part of the entire economy of salvation, we must learn to look upon our weaknesses with tender mercy. Beautiful. We must Uh, learn to look upon our weaknesses with tender mercy. That's so beautiful. Right? That's so beautiful. so difficult and so beautiful and so like, like that's a challenge. Yeah. Thank you for bringing up St. Joseph as well, because I think he's such an out like such a good friend to have in this sort of battle for for true self-worth because if you think about him he you know he is the he's like the dude right like he's the guy that Jesus and Mary are entrusted to and yet he mm. is so quiet and silent and mm. the whole thing about we don't know that much about him mm-hmm. you know and when you think about the way in which men are portrayed in our society well maybe not today but let's say traditionally the idea of, of a man was like you know someone who provided and and someone who had um glory in some ways in his work right and and Joseph was sort of sidelined in a lot of things because his the guy who is actually Jesus's father is not a guy he's God, you know? So it's like Mm -hmm. you, you, if you compare, you really going to despair in this situation Mm -hmm. because you are not God, you know, but, but that's not the way of God, obviously. Like Joseph was empowered by that reality to live out his vocation. And, 
and knew who he really was and had to be yeah. who God made him to be so that he could fulfill uh, his role, you know, in bringing Jesus um, and, and giving Jesus to the world. Um, and yeah. was like misunderstood, you know, like by yeah. people who like he's still married, even though she's, you know, but then also even like, like I could imagine that it would be possible for him to feel like a failure when they're going and Jesus is going to be born in a manger or a cave or, you know, because yeah. like by all standards, like, he, like that doesn't look from the outside, yeah. like somebody who's providing for his family in some way, you know, but. Especially yeah. when his family involves like the son of God. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. That deserves like a Radisson at least yeah. or, yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So we can all ask St. Joseph for his intercession, you know, helping us. And that also, that quote made me think of, and some of the things you guys were saying made me think of the prayer, I think it's of St. Francis of Assisi maybe, who says, who was praying before the Blessed Sacrament, his his main, his words were basically, Lord, show me who you are and show me who I am. Yeah. Um, it's such a simple oh. prayer, but I love that prayer because I think it underlines everything, you know. Yeah. 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 Coming Throwing back that. to our Lenten uh a Lenten conversation, you know, mm. I'm like, that would be a great prayer to, to pray every day in Lent. God, show me who you are and show me who I am. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, Snapple. and, and just see what, what, what God does with that. Like, it's like, that's a great time yeah. to pray that prayer too. Yeah. 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 I feel yeah. like that's my favorite, favorite quote, um, is from John Paul II at World Youth Day Toronto, where he says, we are not the sum of our weaknesses and failures. We are the sum of the father's love for us and our real capacity to become the image of his son. It's such a be- like we are not the sum of our weaknesses and failures. You know, we are not yeah. the sum, and it j- yeah. totally cracks me up because Poco a Poco, they, they there's like a few episodes in a row now where they've tried to say that quote, and they've I think they've attributed they it to like some other document or like Father Mark oh. Mary, like oh. he's he's saying what the quote means, but he's like, um, but he's like saying it quite differently, and every time I'm like That's shouting so at the radio or my phone, like we are not the sum of our weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, he's embodying the truth of that quote as yeah. he's sharing it with there the girl. Yeah, <laughs> meta, exactly. Meta. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Um, you're awesome. Um, I have, yeah. Oh, I have sorry. one more, like, just thought to share mm-hmm. that's just coming sure. to mind here. And just like, you know, seeing ourselves how God sees us because, you know, we're, we're children of God and we're beloved children of God. And I'm, I'm thinking of, um, so my, my sister and her husband, they have, um, uh, a two-year-old, two and a half-year-old, and then another baby on the way. And they're just like wonderful, wonderful parents. And um, I remember when I was visiting uh, several months ago, I was able to, um, I just witnessed this moment where I could see how, you know, that my nephew just knows he's loved because, um, and you know, if you think about kids, right? Kids had, do not have it figured out. <laughs> they, they're just kids, right? And so like, we're like big kids. We don't have it figured out, right? Anyways, yeah. so um, anyway, so so little my little nephew, he does this thing and where he would run down the hall to the other end of the hall. My sister would be in the kitchen or something, and then he would yell, "Mama!" and run and just leap into her arms, and then she would hug him and go, "My baby!" <laughs> and they would hug, and then he would wiggle out, and then he'd run again away, and then he would come again. <laughs> And he would just like do this for half an hour. Um, and I was just like, oh, that's so beautiful. Like imagine if, can we do that with God to, to see God as our loving parent who we just yeah. can, who just loves us, you yeah. know, and has, and we have that total complete trust in his love. Like, isn't that, oh, that's you awesome. know, yeah. I, I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. That's just beautiful. That's, yeah, that's totally amazing. I want to do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mama. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, um, yeah, God winks, you guys. We This is, a, this is right. so good, but we're, we've reached our God winks time. So, mm-hmm. Aaron, right. do you have a God wink? Uh, I do have a God wink. So um, my God wink is uh, I was um, playing with my nephew last week, like the little one who just turned, um, who just turned one. And he's so funny. And he, um, like I was, when he plays, he basically just wants to play with stuff that's kind of not toys. Like his greatest joy is if he goes over to the drawers that are locked and then but then somebody opens it for him and he can take like a measuring cup out of it or a spatula like the spatula is his favorite toy you know Mm -hmm. um anyways but it was just seeing um in that in that time like the joy in simple things you know what I mean and even just the seeing like the joy that I have in him and just looking at those like little tiny simple things that make me so happy. It's like seeing, I don't know, kids have that weird way of when you see them and then you imagine how God sees you and the whole like mm-hmm. childlike thing mm-hmm. or whatever, like just delighting in us is like good, you know? So it's like one of those moments where I'm like, mm, there is something of this in how you see me and it is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. which is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Nicole, do you have a God wink? Yeah. So mine is like, it's a couple different things, but it's like the same thing. So basically I just have had a very, um, very full couple weeks school wise and just, just a lot of stuff happening and, um, which is, it's all good. It's all good stuff. It's just like a lot of hours or a lot of time. Um, as well as been a couple of moments where I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I need to, like the other day I was like, I need to go grocery shopping. And so I'm going to go early in the morning and then I'm going to do all my stuff. And I'm like pushing myself to do this, but I I know that it's like, it's, I'm tired and it's, you know, whatever it is. And then, um, and then, then like Nathan, I was telling him this one morning and he's like, well, let me, let me just do the grocery shopping for you. Let me pick stuff up. And, and it's really hard for me to like, let somebody do that. But then just being like, okay, you know, he was like, just let me just like, let me do this, you know? Okay. All right. (laughs) And just feeling then so like loved by that because then Aww. like someone just did the grocery shopping for me. That's it's so nice, you know, mm-hmm. or just like little things like that. So I think that's my God wings this week is just little ways that I felt very like just taken care of by, by shout out to Nathan, my, my wonderful. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nathan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, thanks guys. The, those are so beautiful. I, for me, it was more of an in- interior thing this week. So I, um, part of a young adult ministry, um, spiritful leaders, it's, it's run through ID, uh, which is a, a young adult ministry from the States. Um, and, uh, anyways, it's been really good. And we had a talk this, this Monday that just like in the talk, the speaker was using the exact words like that day I had been like, this is something I feel like the Lord wants me to think about and to, mm. to reflect on in my own life. And I was sort of right, you know, thinking of these specific words and this speaker used those exact words like in her mm. talk. Mm. And so it was such a cool affirmation of what I had been, what God had been showing me in my prayer life. And I think, um, it's such an encouragement. Like, it's so crazy. We talk with these God wings every week, but I feel like I want people to know, like, they're real. Like, the Lord wants us to know stuff. He wants us to grow. He wants us to hear His voice, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's why we do them, because we just want to 
witness to the fact that Jesus is always speaking to us um, and we should always be listening. So, you know, it happens um, like it did for you guys, for me in different ways, but this past week it happened in this kind of very direct way. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I was so grateful. Um, Yeah. There's so much peace. So much peace comes in, you know, into our lives and our hearts when we hear the voice of God, however Mm -hmm. he he speaks to us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're Sweet. praying for all you guys. We love you guys. Woo! For listening. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was an intense one. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we know self worth is a struggle. Yeah, but we mm-hmm. love you and the Lord does too. And, we're and you should believe it. <laughs> <laughs> believe that we love you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that more that God loves you because that's, right. that's the big yeah. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if you yeah. can't believe it, ask for the grace to believe it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.